I'd like to thank the Rosh Hashiva for the opportunity to share uh, to share some reflections about Rav Aaron Lichtenstein's Atzal, who passed away on Rosh Chodesh Iyar. Just for context, anybody who hasn't uh, uh, didn't know so much about him, he was one of the Rosh Yeshiva of of uh, Yeshivat Haratzion and Alon Shvut in Gush Etzion here. Uh, after having become uh, in Chutzlar, it's one of the main Talmidim, as well as the son-in-law of Rav, Rav Yosef Dov Salavechik Zetzal of Yeshiva University. Now, uh, this will not be a, a hespit, a eulogy, uh, which is more geared at, a, a eulogy is more geared at, at arousing, arousing the, uh, the emotions of the people. Um, uh, it's not so simple having a, having a eulogy uh, 30 days before Shavuot, even though it's a, a, a Talmud Chacham within Shloshim. But um, my, uh, my words will be mostly uh, giving a sense of, uh, of, of the position Rav, Rav Lichtenstein had in the lives of his Talmudim and some of the things, and sharing some of the things that I think that, that we learned from him and maybe others can learn from him also. My, my personal connection... Uh, is the is this chus that I had for a number of years of uh, of, of learning learning from him in, in uh, both in Alon Shvut uh, in, in the uh, in the Kriskolo. and um, and I just want to also add one other piece of infra- introduction. I usually don't like to use a lot of uh, exaggeration and hyperbole uh, superlatives. However. Uh, with Rav Lichtenstein, he was the kind of a person that was uh, in many ways so off the charts that it's hard not to use some of these superlatives. So uh, if I, 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 uh, I really mean it, someone I just heard one of the Hespedi, Rav Shalom Karmi, so uh, he was talking about uh, Rav, Rav Lichtenstein's Kibbut uh, Aveim, his way of relating to his parents, Rav uh, Yichil uh, and and. Uh, and Bluma, uh, his mother, and uh, and it was it was it was a sight to see. It was it was awesome, and he said, "I mean that literally." It was it was something awesome to see him him uh, relating to his parents, especially the years when I when I saw when I met him was in the eighties, eighties and nineties. When in, the, in those early years, his parents were elderly. They he was he was with them all the time. He. He said every word of davening to him, and he accompanied him, and there was always a grandson with him. It was awesome. Uh, so uh, I will use uh, these superlatives, and, and I, I'll, I just mean it. Now, I would like to open with a scene, with a personal scene, uh, with, uh, which is in Purim Tufshin Mem Dalad, 1984. Now, Purim that year... Uh, fell out, and I, I checked it up on the calendar to make sure it's the right year, uh, on a Motzei Shabbat. And Rav Lichtenstein was to give a shmuz, we would call a shmuz a sicha, uh, before, uh, before the Megillah reading. And I was sitting, uh, if this was where it was, I was sitting around there in the, in the front row on the right side. Now a little bit of background, personal background, I had come to Israel that year. I'd spend a year in yeshiva after high school, two years in yeshiva university. My uh, my career path was was architecture, and um, and I was considering maybe switching to Jewish education. And my idea was, you know, something. Let's take a year, learn in Israel full time, spend time in yeshiva, see what I feel about 
see how I feel about full-time learning before I start talking about uh, teaching in yeshiva or something like that. And I hadn't really had full-time learning before. I had a year in Israel after high school, but that's sort of like detox from from four years of high school rehab. Uh, it's not really. We, we were just getting into that, and then we went and then we went to college. So um, I didn't say Shana Bet. So uh, so I decided full year in Israel. Now now. Uh, quite a few years, quite a few times during the beginnings of that year, I had heard Rav Lichtenstein speak very passionately about the need for mechanchim, the need for people to go into Jewish education, and I was leaning in that direction. But but the makabapatish, the final hammer blow, uh, I wouldn't say the nail in the coffin, but the, the the final hammer blow was that was that Purim night, that Motzei Shabbos Purim. Uh, a little more background. I was used to. Purim as kind of a kind of a light day, a kind of like uh, a lot of humor. The focus of the whole year for me during my high school years was the Purim spiel, and the Purim spiel was kind of like a like a like a funny skit, and there was certain hilarity in Purim, a certain lightness. It was like a joking kind of a day, you know, drinking and that kind of stuff. We listened to the Megillah, we did the mitzvahs, but uh, and. Uh, rev- Rav Lichtenstein's Purim was was uh, was more like Rav Hutner's Purim. It was a it was a it was a serious day. It was the height of heights, and I didn't know that. And I expected we're going to go in from Shalashudas to this sicha, and I already got into my light mode. And it was my first year in yeshiva, and I'm waiting for for you know uh, kind of a, like a like a lighter sicha. He gave a serious sicha. He gave an extremely serious sicha that he usually gives on Tainus Esther. But he gave it this year on Purim night. And it was about the development of Esther in the fourth parak of the Megillah, where, where Esther is, is presented by Mordechai with the dilemma of whether she is going to prefer her personal comfort or saving herself, or she's going to rise to the call and she's going to save the Jewish people by going into Ahasuerus. And Esther rose to the call, and she extended beyond herself, and she says, Lech Knosis Kol Yudim, go gather all the Jews and fast, and then she enters, and the rest is, is, is the, is the Nesipur. And, and Rav Lutzenstein went on to speak to us about, about how the Jewish people needs you to contribute to the Jewish people whatever you can. And, and you can either focus on your personal concerns, your either petty concerns or important personal concerns like saving your life, or you can, you can extend beyond yourself and rise to the call and, and think about some level, again, not Esther's, but maybe some level of, of personal self-sacrifice that involves doing something on behalf of the Jewish people. Now, the people assembled in that room were people, many of them had a similar deliberation that I did of, how are we going to? Are we? How are we going to contribute to the Jewish people in Jewish education or in other ways? Or are we going to be focusing on contributing to the Jewish people in that realm of our life? Or are we going to make a disconnect between when I'm involved in my profession and when I'm involved in in other other let's say religious, more religious things? At one point in the Sichan, or of Lichtenstein, sometimes he was more of an orator sometimes, and so his voice would sometimes boom. And I was sitting in the front, uh, again, with this year-long deliberation, 
And at a certain point, he pointed, and he pointed straight at me, and he said, Don't imagine that you're going to be able to flee into the palace and save yourself, and all the rest of the Jewish people are going to get lost. I said, okay, the, the decision is made. Makkah Vipatish is there. And, uh, and that kind of... Uh, now, had I just said, he changed my life. It sounded like, but he really did change my life. He, my, my life was, was, could have gone in a number of directions. And Baruch Hashem, with the influence of somebody trying to guide people to keep the Torah, so, so in interpreting that line from, uh, from Kriyasa Megillah to, to the lives of the people in that room, there we, we, were able to, we were able to have that kind of an influence from a person. Rav Lichtenstein was a massive presence in our lives, in the lives of his Talmudim. He was commanding, he was knowledgeable, he was convincing, he was sensible, he was unassuming and humble. We saw that this was the real thing. He was also tall, physically tall, and his voice reverberated, but the voice also reverberated within your hearts, and these were messages that ring true, that strike a chord within us. Hard work, Torah study, Avas Hashem, Yiras Hashem, all in language that spoke to us because he knew where we were coming from. We were from the, these, this, this modern Jew living in the modern world, uh, college, television, movies, yeshiva, shul, rabbanim, tzaddikim, and all mixed together. He was a massive role model for us, and he was doing all these things, and he wasn't flinching. <laughs> Meaning, he seemed to be always on. Like like one friend of mine, he said, he, he was always in phase. He was always, it's not like, even his children said, he didn't just sort of like, sit in the sofa and do nothing. Which, I'm not used to that. And that, that, we realized that, that, wow, this is a very powerful thing. He was a constant presence. We had daily shear. We had a shear klali for the whole yeshiva on Tuesday afternoons. Uh, there were later on chaburas. There were Friday morning shiurim, which was on agadata or Ramban Torah, those kind of things. Then he had extra shirim that he would give. Kachim, he wanted to educate the people, not just to learn the standard Moed, Moed Nashim, Nashim and Ezekim and Moed, but also to get into Zroim and to get into the laws of agriculture, the laws of Kachim and the laws of Taros. So he would always give a shir on the side. Uh, and, and, then, uh, and then there would be the Shabbat Sicha, Friday night, uh, every other Shabbat, he was he was in the yeshiva, and there we would talk about avodas Hashem and 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 uh, and life. At Shalashudas, he would speak, and then on Motzei Shabbat in the winter or Shabbos afternoon in the summer, so he would also give on other topics like practical halacha, or he would give a series on the mitzvahs. Uh, he had a plan for us to go through the whole Rambam while well, let's say why while the Hezer student was in his five-year program, over the years he would go through the Raman's whole Mishnah Torah. That was the plan. It didn't really work. Uh, there, I remember a scene in, uh, we used to have a Mishmar, the last night of any Zman, we would stay up all night learning. And so it was the last night of the Zman, and it was when Rav Lichtenstein had introduced his uh, project of the Rambam, 
And uh, there were two Rashi Yeshiva in that Yeshiva, Rav Yehuda Mital, and I'll speak more about this later on, Rav Yehuda Mital and Rav Aaron Lichtenstein, and they were very, very different in their styles. And uh, Rav Lichtenstein was very theoretical, very qualified, very, uh, he was very much a scholar. Rav Amital shot from the hip. And uh, so Rav Lichtenstein uh, mentioned a little bit his, his slight disappointment that this Rambam project didn't really get off the ground. And Rambam Mital got up. I'm, if, if Rav Lichtenstein is successful in his project of the guys going through the whole Mishnah Torah, I'm jealous of his of his chelik in, in the world to come. That was that was he wanted us to to be to get a to get that scope of Torah that he had. Uh, he was also always there. He was. He had a lot of responsibilities, and he somehow was always on that seat. Whenever you looked looked in the basement, he was at that mako, and uh, and he was also a constant presence in his children's lives, learning with them after hours in the in the yeshiva every Shabbos afternoon. He learned with each one of his children, one after the other, and didn't sleep on Shabbos. He was our hero. He went right from the airport after a whole trip, uh, fundraising and recruiting trip, and he would go right to the yeshiva and give a shir klali. He would, we we would tell we would tell we would tell legends about him. We would have legends about his humility, how uh, when he made aliyah, so he was sent to the army and he was washing dishes in the kitchen there until the Rosh Hashiva of Amitel had all his connections with all the generals, figured out, found out about it, and pulled him out of there and got him into the I guess I don't know the Rabbanut or something like that. Uh, he was sitting in the front of the base medrash, and there was another boy said to another boy, uh, uh, Aaron, what time is it? What time is it? Aaron, Masha. And so Rav Lichtenstein answered, as if some bacher would, would address him as Aaron like anybody else. Uh, and there uh, was also uh, uh, two things about... Uh, there was once a story in the Y.U. Kolel. Rav Lichtenstein was sitting there by himself learning, and there was one of the guys that was in JSS, the program of the... He was a totally new beginner. He was looking for somebody to play ball with. So he comes and he sees Rav Lichtenstein sitting in the base manager's room. He says, he says, do you want to play ball for a little while? And Rav Lichtenstein had Rachmanis and this guy went down. I think he was a very good basketball player as far as I know. Uh, the Heights, I think, Rav Amital once told this story that uh, there was a son of alumnus, of, of one of the alumnus, of one of the alumni, son of one of the alumni that was really into soccer. Kadurega. Uh, in Israel, Israeli, and he was into like the different the different stars and all that. This one's a, a great, a great, uh, and so, so this, this Boguer, this alum, said to Rav Amital that, uh, that his son saw the soccer star. And he said to him, Abba, 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 I saw that I saw that soccer player, and he was really excited. I was so emotional. I was so excited. It was like when I see Rav Lichtenstein. That was that was he was he was a hero, uh, and he was he was very gifted. He was a child prodigy. I think I don't know what age he was when he came into to Rav Chai, uh, Yeshiva Rechaim Berlin. He was first there before it was a Talmud. Uh, um, uh, he was very influenced by Rav Hutner, uh, that's all, before he came to Yeshiva University. Uh, he was one of these people, I mean, they said in the Hispanic, we learned how to read at two. 
we knew that he had, there was a game that uh, people would say the beginning of a Pasuk, he would finish the end of a Pasuk. He, he, had, he had raw talent. He was also, he also had amazing kohot. Like one time, there was a shear that he gave, it was during Hanukkah, I remember, and he always carried around a shas and a rambam in a, in a box. But he also had his others for him. And we would always try to rush in and take this for him so that we could carry it for him. And he always rushed and took it by himself. But one time there were so many svarim that I was able to carry the box. And uh, he had the pile of the pile of svarim. And then we're walking through the halls. He always walked very quickly. <clears throat> we're walking through the halls, and a Talmud stops us and asks us, "What does the Rav think?" Uh, ask, 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 ask the Rav. <laughs> he said, "He says, what does the Rav think about?" the comparison between the Mityanim, the Hellenized Jews in the times of the Greek period, and uh, the Jews in the modern, uh, modern Israeli secular society. And I'm holding this box, and I'm saying, this is going to be a long one. This is going to take a while. And he doesn't, Lichtenstein doesn't like throw out an answer. He has to give you the background. And if this Talmud really wants to know, I'm really going to share it with him. And the box is getting heavier and heavier. I say, rugs around with this all the time? And, he, and uh, so that's, that might be the, se- the solution to keeping in shape uh, if, you're, if you're involved in the world of learning. But what's, what Rav, Rav Shalom Kami said, he said, he said, he was already in Adam Gadol when we met him, and he kept growing and growing over the decades. And it's because he worked hard. He had raw talent, but he worked very hard. He had kochos, but he used them for the right things. And uh, that's probably, probably that secret. Um, he was also a constant presence in our minds and continues to be a constant presence in our minds. And we often ask, and for some people they always ask, what would Rev Lichtenstein say about this? If Rev Lichtenstein was learning this sugya, how would he learn it? And then we probably saw some, he'd probably be, having, he'd probably be reading more Rishonim than I am. And I really got to research this more. He would probably really learn all the different sugyas and make sure that we know all the different sugyas so we're playing with a full deck of cards. And he would probably be analyzing all the possible, possi- all the possibilities of how we can, what the svara is on this particular din. And he would probably trying to find proofs from the Rishonim about who says what. And then he would probably figure out how to apply that. And then he would probably organize the whole thing into a binyan so we would get the topic from the basics, from the chumas till the gemaras, till the, till the svara of the Rishonim and then uh, the certain Achronim that he would sometimes focus on. We were taught to think, how would, how would Rav Lichtenstein analyze this situation that I'm in right now? What decision would he make if he was in my place? And he gave over to us uh, a, a approaches to life that enabled us to then do it on our own, try to try to apply the the Torah, the halacha, the musr, the ethics uh, to our lives. A, a scene I want to flash to a scene during the levaya in Alon Shvut. We were walking from the yeshiva pastor of Lichtenstein's house and then to the buses to Har Menuchos, and I was very much struck by the Aselech Harav Chaver. Make for yourself a rav and acquire for yourself a friend. I realized there were so many friends that I was seeing after not having seen them for years that I was connected to because we were all connected to Rav Lichtenstein. And that friendship was a very strong friendship. And it was 
a, a poor yotze. It was a, it was a, it was a totza. It was a, it was a result of the aselech harav was the kenelech haver. And we're there talking there, and there's a fellow who's like one of the provocative types that says the things that other people are thinking. And uh, he he he's crying there, and and he's saying he's saying it. I love this man so much. But when we were in yeshiva, he wasn't like so chummy. He wasn't like the backslapper. He wasn't the kind to like go up you and and like uh, I want to chop a schmooze with you. Can we talk? He was. We felt. We felt that in his style, he was kind of aloof. But we all, we all are crying at his levaya, and we all probably, uh, like me, we all touch back to moments where the great love that he has for his, the constant great love that he has for his Talmidim came out. And I assume that's the Mayim Aponim Aponim, Cain Leva Adam Adam, that 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 it was we we were reflecting the love that he has for uh, that he had for us, and we really and we really we really loved him. I just remember, you know, we you know when when uh, when I asked him to be my Masada, our Masada Kedushin, so uh, so I said I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank the Rav for all that he's been doing for me in the all these years. He just said one line: This is our portion in all of our toil that that uh, he. We would approach him with trepidation and love. We would think seven times before we'd approach him. And the feeling of Yira, as Hashem Tira, Lerabos Tamir Chachamim, that you you should have awe not only for Hakadosh Baruch Hu, but even the S, the extra Aleph Tov, teaches you to to have an awe for Tamir Chachamim. We felt that when we approached him. Rav Lichtenstein was our chain in the Masora, our chain in the tradition. He represented all of, all of Torah, putting all the sugis together because we knew that he had that breadth. And we knew that he wasn't just going to focus on one agadita and, and ignore the other agadita that seems to go against it. He was going to take both into account and make this composite picture that would, that would give us a, 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 truthful, a truthful picture. We knew that he was conservative with the small c and would always preserve the integrity of halacha and the besora, and and that was so important in a community that was not only relating to life through uh, modern life through the through the Torah's lens, lenses, but often faced the danger of flirting with aspects of modernity that might weaken Torah. And he 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 held on. Rav Lutzenstein connected us with, with Rav Salavechik Zetzal, his great father-in-law, and, and the tradition of learning and his greatness, and he allowed us to have a picture of him. And he also connected us with the, the commanding presence of Rav Hutner Zetzal, where he learned in Chai Berlin, the, the humble greatness of Rav Shlomo Zalman, who he did, Rav Shlomo Zalman Auerbach, the, the great posek that he, that he gave us, uh, that he had a, he had a kesher with, uh, Rav Gustman Zatzal of, 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 of Vilna, who came to Eretz Yisrael, he had a connection with him. He was a guest once in the yeshiva for Shabbos. And, and, uh, and of course, Rav Aaron Soloveitchik, who was his role model. One time Rav Lichtenstein was speaking with one of the president of yeshivas, Rav Baruch Gigi, and, uh, and, and he said to him, it was like in, in the teacher's room, and he said, I feel bad for our Talmud. He says, he said, I got to see great people. But our Talmudim don't have the opportunity to see great people. So Borkigi says, I, I got up my, uh, my courage and I said to him, 
well, our Talmudim are able to see you, and we're able to see you. says, you don't understand. He connected us with those, with those people. He gave over not only the content of the Masorah, but he also gave us the tools to be able to unlock the Masorah. What did Rav Lichstein teach us? So if I can just run through very quickly, um, if you can imagine a dictionary that instead of giving a, rep- a written definition of the words, would flash to a scene. So when I think of Emuna, so I flash to the scene of Rav Amital giving us the following muscle, giving us the following analogy, that Emuna has to be like grafting what is grafting? You take a tree that is a, a very, uh, a tree with special qualities, let's say an orange tree, that has very good tasting fruit, but is very sensitive and very finicky. And you graft it onto a tree that is similar enough to it, but very hardy. So there's a tree called the Hushkash, which uh, is an orange-like tree, and it's very, very hardy. And the orange tree is not so hardy, and you graft, uh, you graft the orange tree onto the, onto the chushchash, and then you have a very strong tree. I even was looking in, it might be even mutter halachically, might be close enough uh, botanically to not be considered kiloyim. So Rav, Rav Amital said, he said, a person, a person, of course, a person has to be sophisticated, and you have to think about all the questions of Jewish philosophy and Jewish thought, but that has to be grafted onto emunah pshuta. That has to be grafted onto simple faith in Hashem, simple belief. And Rav Lichlestein, the pictures of his children talking about crying St. Tehillim in his office at night, and we saw him davening another Pasuk. There's a Pasuk, Or Zarul HaTzadik Simcha. Light is sown for the Tzadik, and for those people that are upright of heart, they have joy. The parish of that Pasuk, all I have to do is to flash to a picture of, of Rav Lichtenstein on Yom Kippur night, on Yom Kippur, as Yom Kippur is coming in when they take out the Sefer Torahs, and, and he's saying, Or We saw the shine in his face, and it was almost embarrassing to look at his face because, because it's like some intimate connection with the, with the Boreolam, with the, with the Creator, and yet you have to look at his face because we have to know how to, how to share that picture with our children. The the posukini matovu manayim sheves achim gam yachad. How good, how how pleasant it is for brothers to sit together. If I want to know the pshat in that pasuk, I just flashed to Rav Lichtenstein and Rav Amital, who were the joint Rashi yeshiva for over four decades, and they were very different people, very different styles of people, very different types of people. They held different approaches on quite a number of things. And they worked so harmoniously together. I flashed to them, to them dancing together, to them discussing together. And uh, I want to know the word MS, what the word truth means. I flashed to, to Rav Lichtenstein's integrity and his truthfulness. His shiurim were often uh, slightly more boring than some of the shiurim because he avoided just giving a flashy chiddush because he wanted to be true to the sources. And so often what came out, either whether it was Shirim and Halacha, where he would give over all sides of the Gemara, and he didn't 
hide from you the secret source, which he's going to pull out in the shear. It was on the Marimakomos, and you, you could have called the shear yourself. And in his Hashkafa Shurim, he spoke in a language that was qualified but truthful. And so he ended up saying things that weren't always so uh, provoc- provocative and exciting, but they were, but they were truthful. He had, he had integrity. He, had, he was integrated. He had a certain uh, wholeness that was probably connected with his with his uh, appreciation for for uh, secular literature, non-Jewish literature, accept the truth from he who has it. There's wisdom in the in 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 the world of the Gentiles. Uh, if there is, then there is, and uh, if it's truthful, if it's truthful. But we also learn the understanding of Talmud Torah Keneged Kulam that the primacy and the centrality of Talmud Torah that is at the core of everything and and anything else was 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 secondary you'll notice his 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 english was was uh, english literature that was always to illustrate or illuminate a a uh, a torah concept um, if i want to understand what the pasuk of 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 kiba called kochi avadatiasavichen my power with all of my strength i served i served your father said yaakov or the lack the tirelessness we just walk, we just looked at his his work ethic and i just want to i just want to 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 end with one thing that that uh, Ravezra Bick, one of the Rashi Shiva, said at the at the Levaya, and, and that is that it's very hard to imitate such a person. It's not wise to try to imitate such a person, but it is wise to try to learn from such a person and see what we're able to apply to our own lives. And in his eyes, when you get to the core of everything, he's an Eved Hashem. He's a servant of God. He did what God wanted him to do, and that explains his intense humility and his intense truthfulness, uh, the, the unassuming nature, and to be an Eved Hashem, every, everybody can be. Everybody can take whatever we have and dedicate that to the service of Akodesh Baruch So, on the one hand, we are we are thankful for a very remarkable person that Hashem gave us the opportunity to meet to see, who seems to be you know, like in a different world, and uh, and and we had this chus to be to be connected with him. And uh, but he was also our our teacher, and we can learn from. And, and, and take some of the things that he taught us both through his life and through his teachings and integrate them into our own life. And I'll just add with, end with three psukim. The, uh, the end of the book of Malachi speaks about, about the coin Gadol and the Levi, and he says as follows. And, uh, I think these words apply. My covenant was with him of, of life and peace. I gave them to him with fear, and he feared me. And because of my name, he was overawed. True teaching of true Torah was in his mouth. Injustice was not found on his lips. In peace and in equity, he went with me. And he brought many back from iniquity. 
for the coin's lips will guard knowledge. And teaching shall be sought from his house, from his mouth. For is the angel of Akurish Baruch Hu, Yehizikro Baruch.